1: good evening everyone and welcome along to the rangers rabble women show first of all about housekeeping out of the way apologies that we are tuesday night not monday night um monday night we couldn't get all our ducks in a row tuesday night we had everybody planned ready to go then i uh, then brian get called into work and laura remembered she something that she really had to do so that just left me in car so of calling a substitute off the bench we brought in alan who is involved with the official rangers women's supporters group podcast that car and laura do after all the games nice little plug for you guys so Carol mm. good evening how are you yeah not bad i'm feeling
0: a bit better than i was on sunday so
1: good good not as rushed not as rushed as you were on sunday either. no i was
0: a bit hectic but i got there
1: to see all of nothing <laughs> yeah absolutely and alan thanks very much for joining us and for for bailing us out of a tight spot no worries,
2: listen, It's a pleasure to be invited, and I'm not feeling
1: match fit, so I'll sub appearance is probably my best bet right now. Okay, so we've got three games to talk about because obviously we didn't we didn't do a pod last week because we didn't really see the point. We one game to talk about; it was a run of the Mill Cup today against Dundee United, where we were always going to win easy, and we won easy. So um, that game against Dundee United, as I say, it was in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. Sorry, the Scottish Gas Scottish Cup. Let's get it right. We started off, I'll do my best, Brian, for the impersonation leading the the teams here. We started off with Vic Essendon in goal before she went to meet in New Zealand um, to help them with their Olympic qualification. Back three, as is kind of what we do, of um, Nick Doherty, Catherine Hill, and Tess Madag. Midfield, what sort of five or anything about changing positions? Brogan Hay, Rachel Rowe, um, Ailey Austin. Lud McLaughlin and Jody Jodie McLeary, and up front we had Rio Hardy and Jay Ross. Car, that's a sort of I don't know, standard sort of team you would expect for a game like that, right?
0: Yeah, like we, I mean, I, I don't know about everyone else, but I assumed that players were getting rested, the fact that there wasn't certain players on the bench, and Obviously, we'll come on to it later on. That then became a bit of a concern with players missing. But I was happy Vic was getting a few more games. I don't know whether that... I didn't realise they had these games coming up with New Zealand. So I'm thinking now maybe it was a case of give her some game time before she goes in so she's not going in cold kind of thing. But, you know, happy with very attacking, very strong team. Couldn't have asked for much more.
1: Yeah, and uh, and Alan, the game started off as you would expect it to. Uh, these least, least, uh, five, five goals in the first half, uh, with Rachel Rowe, a, a, a goal for Ailey Austin on a first start, which is always nice. Uh, Brogan Hay, Cathy Hill with a, the usual Cathy Hill screamer from about three inches. And Jane Ross, and that, that took it up to a nice, basically the time was one by half-time. I think we went into the
2: game looking, looking to score goals.
1: Uh, we were
2: only two or three weeks removed from putting 10 past Dundee Night at Broadwood. So we, we came out and scored, scored as you say, Five goals by half time, and there was a bit of a gap between some of the goals where the game fell flat. But as you say, the game was completely put to bed by half time. And it was good to see a spread of goal scorers as as we've seen so many times this season.
1: Yeah, Car, I was just going to say, nice to see um, five different goal scorers in that kind first of half.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've kind of got used to it, haven't That the all over the park players are contributing with goals, which is nice that you're not just lumping it all on Rio or Jane or Sarah or whoever might be up front so it's nice that everybody's kind of stepping in and rebounds were coming off and there was a player there to tap it in or get their own rebound kind of thing so it's nice that everyone was chipping in and looked like a very hopeful evening to put another 10 past them just fell a little bit short but can't complain at night.
1: Yeah it certainly showed the gulf between the the better teams as in us and the not so good teams as in them because we have we've rattled we ten past them a few weeks before that uh, and then at half time in this game we we had a, a couple of substitutions um Chelsea corner and Lizzie Arnott came on for Catherine Hill and Rachel Rowe car was that a bit of a, a bit of a surprise to you that we basically brought on a midfield player and a wide attacker and took off a set, a centre set half and a midfield player
0: I, mean, I don't know, because Joe does that, doesn't she? She likes to play players in different positions, and you know, Ailey Austin's been moved kind of up and down and over all over the top. So I think it's just something that Joe tries to see who've got in positions if we get injuries or if people are kind of struggling. But the one that baffled me was Michelle Coulson, how she couldn't come on. You take Kathy Hill on, you assume you're going to put another centre back on, but she's not getting a sniff at the moment. So I don't know what's going on there, but. I mean, it worked, and you're never going to argue with Brogan and Lizzie Arnott coming on, are you? Like, two mainstays of the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, what made it even stranger for me, Alan, was that in the 58th, when Lisa Martinez came on for a, a long-awaited return after a, after her injury, uh, you would have thought that if we, if we were taking Cathy off at a half-time, we'd possibly have put Lisa on at that point. I would have been very
2: surprised if Lisa's first game-back had been a full 45. You know, joe has been very sort of, rigid in how she's brought back players and gave him incremental game time. Uh, we were actually surprised that Lisa got as many as 30 minutes, but it just showed the value of having somebody like Tess in the team. They started in midfield, dropped back into centre half and then another 15 minutes later when Lisa came on, she moves back into midfield.
1: Yeah, and then obviously, obviously along with Lisa, uh, me and my colleague came on from Rio Hardy and then uh later on later on in about 10 10 or 10 15 minutes later sarah ewins came on for 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 jane Ross, who by that time had scored her second goal of the game um because jane got goal number six just into the second half we then had a first rangers goal for olivia mclaughlin or Liv as she likes to be called um on loan from aston villa and certainly impressing me and what i've seen over um and then probably the, high, the highlight of the game probably is the returning Lisa Martinez getting her goal and by Christ, she, didn't look, she looked a bit happy scoring that.
0: Yeah, I don't think she expected it because she told us after the game that she'd said to Lizzie, put it on my head, like aim for me, put it on my head. And obviously it didn't quite land on her head, but it landed on her knees and she got it over the keeper. You couldn't ask for much more and you could see how happy everyone was for her. Joel was ecstatic, everyone was buzzing. So it's nice to see on her first game back that she gets a goal because I worry if she hadn't scored that then she had a few games where she wasn't playing if it might have sat on her a wee bit am i like am i going to score again when she was scoring for fun before she got injured so it's nice to see and i i love lisa so I, I was fairly happy that she scored
1: yeah alan it wasn't i mean it wasn't a classic but what i remember of it. it sort of about me has being very generous said it, you know she put it in with her knee it sort, it sort of hit off her knee and bounced over the keeper but i mean it's it's a goal after after that length of time out. I mean, the good thing for me, the entire team were absolutely delighted for her.
2: Well, it's as clear to see the team spirit in the camp is is absolutely second to none. And I'd said before in the game if Lisa came on, she would score because I think she scored a ridiculous amount of goals against Dundee United last season for a centre back. So she's came on and scored a few minutes later. And I think it was definitely more
1: celebrated goal at the, at
2: the nine on the day.
1: Yeah, I think it was. And obviously the ninth goal scored by um, another substitute, Mia McCauley, who's also car chipping him a few goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's turned out to be a real asset for us from a player that came in to kind of shore up and get some minutes. She's turned into basically one of the, the wingers now. It's either Brogan or her or Jodie. Like, she has to play because she's one of the best players on the team, I'd argue, for her age and her talent. is just incredible. So it's just been phenomenal what Joe has managed to do with these young players, giving them as much time as she's given them and just really trusted them to go and do what she knows they can do and they're just going to come on even more than they already have. It's just it's incredible. Her and Ailey Austin, you know, had really good games.
1: Yeah, I'll have uh, Kelsey's here. Eli Austin, as you mentioned earlier, she sort of seems to get shunted about all over the place. Where do you think her best position actually is? Because she seems to get moved about from position to position as the manager sees fit.
2: I think her most natural position is is as a right back and quite an attacking right back. But there is no play in that system. I, I think she's going to fit in a team mostly on the right hand side of the the sort of three three at the back. So she's still able to get forward a lot there, but. You can see the increase in discipline and knowing when to go and when when to stay. And that was our first 90 minutes against Sunday United. And the biggest compliment that we've paid on on our pod to Ailey is that she doesn't look like a young player playing in the team. When she, Ailey Austin plays, she looks like a first-team player, which I think is the biggest compliment we can pay right now.
1: Yeah, I think, Karen, I think that's all. That's also a um, testament to the... Um... The team spirit that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you know, that, that, that the young players come in and they don't look particularly like young players. I mean, even before Laura Berry went out and any that she played, certainly when I saw her, you know, they just treated her like another another part of the team. It wasn't like, well, that's just a young kid. We'll, we'll just kind of maybe let, let her a couple of the hits at the ball, but that's, that's it. You know, they all, they all seem, to, seem to be treated the same by the more senior players in the squad. Yeah, I think it
0: helps that a lot of these first-time first team players have been here for years. So I've seen these girls come up through the, you know, the unders through the academy and I've probably seen them grow up a lot of them. So I think it's testament that they all kind of know each other. They have that mutual respect and I'll help you. Like, here's what we can do. And, you know, we'll work it out together and Joe just come in and it's just really shored up that kind of mutual well, you're just as good as me, it doesn't matter how old you are kind of thing. And I think that's how Kirsty McLean, Jodie and Ailey Austin and, Mia have really just come on so well because they've been trusted with that responsibility. Joe's picked the ones that she thinks have the ability, sent some of them out on loan to get more experience, which worked last season for Ailey Austin, for example, and has done the same this season and kept the ones that she knows that can help with the squad depth that we need.
1: Yeah, I mean, talking about that, about that Alan, Um, you know, the, the they seem to have got the the loan the loan players out a lot of the younger players seem to, seem to have gone out on loan. The one the one that really surprised me is Laura Berry because we are a wee bit short up front body, bodies wise. Are you, were you surprised that Laura went out on loan in the in the window?
2: I was partly surprised, uh, particularly Kirsty Howitt's still a good few weeks away for fitness. But Laura Berry wasn't getting a lot of game time. Uh we'd all like to see Laura Berry play more, even from a bench. So. The most important thing for Laura Berry right now is that she gets game time, and she gets game time at first team level. I'd like to have kept her. I'd like to have had her involved. I think she's going to contribute more than Sarah Ewing's has so far this season, so I was a wee bit surprised.
1: We'll get to to, Sarah Ewing's,
2: don't worry about that. That's not a jump on any criticism of Sarah Ewing's, but I just feel that Laura Berry offers something, and I'd like to have seen her stay and
1: get managed here. Yeah, I mean, Carl, I was going to touch on it later about Alan. Uh, Alan's mentioned that just how the the, the injuries, obviously, Kirsty, how a a few a few weeks away, and it would appear that that um, that Innie's on the injured list. Or is she? Do we know? Do we know? yet? I mean, I know, I know she was at the game with Kirsty against Thistle. Game, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but you know, she didn't. She didn't look injured. I mean, it's not like she wasn't walking about with 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 a Stukia on or that, an ebree, something like that, do do we actually know what's happened to any?
0: No, it wasn't until after the Dundee-United game when we were waiting outside that we saw Rachel McLaughlin on crutches, which was a worry when we saw that. And then we kind of were asking around, like what's happened? And they are all very, you know, they didn't want to come out and say what was wrong, but they just kind of said, if she's got a knock, she'll be back soon. It's nothing, nothing major. So we thought, I'll oh, show a couple of games, she'll be back, but she's not back yet. So it is a bit of a concern like what it is, but we don't know because they don't tell us. I don't understand why it's a secret, why we're not allowed to know what players, unless it's an ACL or something really bad, they come out and tell you. But little things that might put them out for a few weeks. And we wouldn't have known about Kirsty Howitt if she had not posted it on Instagram herself. So I don't I don't understand why it's a secret, why we're not allowed to know when the men's team come out and say, you know, how long, roughly, what's happened kind of thing. It's, It's bizarre to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, Alan, the thing that really worries me about, about any we were talking about it at the, the first one game yesterday, with, we thought, well, you know, hopefully she's back for, for Celtic next week. The thing that worries me is the Scotland squad getting announced today and she's nowhere near it. Then That would that would tell me that they've inquired about how bad is her injury? Is she going to be back for the penitentiary cup at the end of the month? And the fact she's not in the squad makes me think that she probably won't be, which means there's got to be a fighting chance that she won't play in, on Sunday. Or am I reading too much in there? No, I think if Yes, you're looking at Kirsty
2: McLean not being named in the Scotland squad. I, I would highly doubt that she's going to be fit to play on Sunday, which will be a massive blow for us. But I think it's something we'll we'll just have to de- deal with. It it's a chance for Love McLaughlin, who's played a couple of games now, to step up and and show why she's so highly rated, and just everybody around the boat, just a chance to go out there and. Show that we can play without Kirsten McLean because I think looking at it for the next two or three weeks, we're probably going to have to do
1: that. Yep. Yeah, right. Okay. But we'll, we'll get back to we'll get back to next Sunday at the uh, t- towards the end. That's just when we were talking about injured players. There, I thought I'd maybe throw that one in. So after the high and the euphoria of getting into the Scottish Cup quarter final, we came the Scottish Cup quarter final. But all when Carr once again for the second season in a row, the quarter final will be against the Birmingham only this time it'll be in Leith, it won't be a home game for us.
0: No, and that'll be two weeks in a row, we'll be through to Leith to play hips. <laughs> which is just, it's a coincidence that it's worked out that way, but it's just, it's funny, isn't it? So we're just going to have to beat them two weeks in a row, and we beat them in the final of the League Cup last year, so I think we can, we can do it again, no problem, but they they have improved I will say Hibs have improved so it's got to be something that we're going to have to be wary of that we're going to need to be on our A game and we're not going to be able to you know like the hearts game like the party gamers will come on to we need to be perfect almost at all the areas to make sure that we're get by them but I don't know I don't mind playing Hibs but I hate going through to Edinburgh it's a nightmare
1: yeah, I mean Alan, it's too, Carl says it's two weeks, two weeks in a row at Wendell Bank. And the the fly in the ointment is that the, the men's first team Scottish Cup quarter final on the same day as the women's quarterfinal is hibs away. So do we think that they're going to have a wee bit of savvy and make both games achievable for the fans to get to?
2: You would like to think so, but you you know Scottish football, they're gonna be in two separate days and you know it's gonna Going to work out that people are going to have to travel twice or make a choice, one game or the other.
1: I don't see any way they, they will be on separate days because the, the men's game has to be the Sunday because we're in Europe on the Thursday and the, the women's games are always on the Sunday. So I think they're both going to be the same day. They're both going to be the 10th of October, eh, 10th of October, what they got from 10th of March. So, you know, what I mean, the, cha- the, the chances are they may well overlap. Which would be a bit of a concern. Carl, what's you do you think that there might be a wee bit of out the box thinking here make make one of them one o'clock, one of them four o'clock?
0: Well, Alan said to me on Sunday, we went to the Hamilton Motherwell game after the Rangers game. And he said to me, Why don't they make it a double header? Put the men's game first or the women's game first and then have the men's game after it. And then it gives people the option of you know, obviously most of us won't get a ticket to the men's game, but if we're able to then go to the women's game as well, it might get more people to go along. But I, I don't know if they would do that, to be honest. I don't know if Hibs women would want to do that. I, I doubt it, to be honest. But they'll probably be roughly the same time, or they will overlap. There's no chance one's going to be at one o'clock and one will be later on in the evening. There's just I'm very doubted. They can't schedule games to not clash. It seems
2: impossible for them.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, to me, the, the simple thing to do is, you know, the women's game at one o'clock in the, the men's game at four o'clock because because it'll be on, it'll be on via play. That's an absolute certainty. Yeah. So and via play put their Sunday game, the previous round on at four o'clock on Sunday. So why not just do that? You know what I mean? But we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll see. We'll see when that comes in. I mean, it's it's two weeks in a row uh, at Meadowbank, which is quite ironic because I've, I've seen a game at Meadowbank just to. Chalk off all the grounds but I've never seen a Rangers team play at Bike and I could conceivably see a Rangers team play there two weeks in a row if the, if the fixture times work out. Because I'll definitely be at the game in the the league game on the third, I'll definitely be at that. So, um, yeah, we'll see the how that plays.
2: It's not a particularly good ground for watching games at.
1: Oh, it's mm-hmm. horrible because it's, it's an athletic stadium and it's not a very big athletic stadium. So you've got the, you know, the huge, the huge I mean, I, I, I was in it before it got redeveloped. I, I mean, I'm talking, I was in it, I don't know, what, six or seven years ago, but which before they redeveloped it, and it wasn't great. But I wasn't even interested in what I was watching. I just, I just I'd, been in, I'd been in every other ground apart from that, and I'll be over, so I had to go there, and I went there and watched them play, I can't even remember who it was. It was Edinburgh City against somebody, I can't remember who it was, but it was, it wasn't great. But anyway, that's not why I'm here. we're not here talking about my my football traveling about Alan. I know you'd sit and talk about grounds all day uh, before you jot off on your travels to Milan and Munich and whatever else it is that you're, you're heading off to. So last Wednesday night, um, live on BBC Alba, which is where I watched it because I couldn't justify going back down after being down on the Tuesday. We had a home game against the Midlothian, and the starting lineup against Hearts was Jenna Fife, Cathy Hill, Tess Madag, Nick Doherty, Brogan Hay, Chelsea Connor. Liv McLaughlin, Lizzie Arnott, Rachel Rowe, Jane Ross and Rio Hardy. And, Carrick was a wee bit attritional.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a great game, to be honest. I put it down to being the Wednesday, they were maybe a bit tired. You know, it was a bit of a slog. Hearts are quite a good team. They set up quite well. We ground it out. We did enough to get get the result, but looking back on it it maybe should have been a bit of a worry and I kind of just took it for granted that we just we found a way to win it and that was enough but it wasn't it wasn't great like there it was a struggle to watch it a lot of the times to be fair to her the hearts goalie made a couple of really good saves so it could have maybe been three had she not you know made those saves but we should really be doing better against you know part-time teams or partially full-time teams whatever hearts are at at the moment we should be able to do a bit better
1: yeah, Alan, we uh, we won the game with a first half goal from Jane Ross. I mean, when when Jane, when Jane scored, I was like, "What was what Or something like that. Did you think that was, you know, that was the one that we needed to try to get the impetus and maybe put two or three past them.
2: Well, I hoped when we scored that goal it would have settled us down. We we seemed to be very keen to go long very quickly uh, and I wondered if perhaps that was us attempting to get in behind hearts and get them get turned and facing our own goal, but at no point did it really work through through the 90 minutes, but we persisted with it. So I hoped that getting the, the early goal, not quite that early, but... Once we got the first goal, I, I hope they maybe settle down, get a foot in the ball a wee bit and play more, but you know, it was a very physical game from both sides, and that
1: probably
2: disrupted their rhythm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say I, I only had the misfortune to enough to watch it on BBC Alba, and it, it certainly, I don't know what it was like for you guys, actually, at the game, but it wasn't it wasn't great to watch on the telly, it just it was one of those games, just, it was three points, three points and up the road. Um, just to, to finish off the, the with the with a lineup, uh, twenty minutes to go, uh, Maya Maya McCauley came on for uh, for Brogan Hay, and Sarah Hughes came on for Rio Hardy, and then for some reason in the ninety second minute we went up with Jody McLevy for Lizzie Ann. i never will never understand making a ninety second minute substitution. Just for the hell of making a ninety second minute substitution.
0: I mean, it was very bizarre. I don't really don't know what the the point it was. Whether it was just to slow the game down a bit to try and get to full time maybe I don't I don't really know because she didn't really have much to do she didn't really get a chance to do anything to be honest although I will say I think she stripped a little bit earlier to get ready to come on and then it just didn't happen kind of fast enough for her to be able to do it but I don't know why we're not utilizing Jodie more she's a fantastic winger very talented will offer you good balls into the box and we've just really not been using her that I don't know if Joe just maybe favors mia and brogan and lizzie a bit more but i think Jodie offers us something a bit different and she's quite quick so it could be useful to use her a bit more often than we have been
1: yeah alan i think yeah, i think Carl's right there i think Jodie's a you know she's a prodigious talent she's got you know you can play you can play her on either side you can even play her in the middle she, she knows how, how to attack a goal she knows how to have a shot um i'm at a loss as to why she doesn't see more game time
2: I'm very much in the same camp as both of you. I'd like to see Jodie McCleary get more game time. And I've long said that uh, I see Jodie McCleary's future as a centre forward. You know, I, th- I think that's where she's most effective when she gets into spaces through the middle. And if you watch Jodie McCleary's goals back, most of them are scored from within the bid three posts, but she dropped off in the game time she's had lately and ho- hopefully we'll see more game time for, for Jodie soon because I definitely yeah. think she's an absolute nuisance to her defence that she's up
1: against and we could do in that. Do you not think she's a bit light to be a centre forward?
2: Not really. I, I think she's toughened up massively from even going back to beginning of last season. She's much, much stronger on the ball, much more effective at holding the ball up. And I think her movement's good enough to make up for any lack of physicality. Carl jodie McCleary is a
1: centre forward
0: for you. in our current team, I don't think she'd get she'd get less game time than she currently is, I think, if she was a centre forward. But I don't know. I think she works well in the wing. I think she does well running down, you know, the kind of byline and crossing balls in. She does quite well there. And as you say, cutting inside to take shots on and or play balls into whoever. She works quite well. So I think she maybe could be used there and we did see it under Malky she was used through the middle a couple of times and we thought she looked quite good so I, I see where you're coming from but as a permanent position I don't I don't think so I think she works better more as a winger
1: right Carl keep saying same with you on the subject of strikers and nice to see that Brian's got his priorities right as somebody said in the chat because <laughs> he can't works. be with us because he's, he's obviously really hard at work because he's not only really watching the bodies he's contributing to it by asking a few questions. So are we concerned about Rio's lack of scoring recently?
0: Yes. I wasn't because everybody else was chipping in and Jane's back and she's scoring a lot of goals. But the last couple of games, I did get a little bit concerned about it just purely because she was doing a lot of the hard work. She was going and getting the ball and playing the ball in and doing all the right things, but just couldn't quite get any of her shots to work she was get, you know had balls in the keeper was saving it and then someone else was getting the rebound so I don't know she did have a slight injury so I don't know she's maybe not fully fit or something's you know gone on there that she's not quite 100% potentially or maybe she just hit a bit of a lull and she, you know she can't score every game or multiple goals every game which we would like but you know it's kind of frustrating at the moment when we aren't scoring as many goals the hearts game the part games and you really need someone there that's going to kind of dig it out so it's slight concern but i'm sure on sunday she'll do what she does best and put a couple
1: past set like yeah indeed alan and while we're talking about strikers before we go on to the part game we'll trying to put that off as long as possible because it really wasn't very good i mean even my dog fell asleep <laughs> um somebody uh, paul commenting on um on the on the Jody McLeary for the centre forward um opinion that if if, if Ewans can do it, Jodie can definitely do it. So Sarah so Sarah Ewens, what does she bring to the team?
2: It's been it's been hard to see. She's came in with a record of scoring goals and once she finally got clear of some niggling injuries, she she was scoring some goals. But she seems like it's, like it's just playing with a lack of confidence right now. The ball's not sticking to her, it's bouncing off her, so she's not linking up as much. And to be honest, I can barely remember in the last few games, Sarah Ewan's actually having any shots on goal. So she doesn't seem to be finding herself in a position to actually score goals, which her record suggests that she will do.
1: Yeah, Carlos as Alan says, she's got a touch of a snooker cushion. And... Um... <laughs> And for me for me she's far too static. She's not nearly she's not nearly mobile enough for the way we the way we try to play.
0: Yeah, I don't know if she doesn't fit the system as well, maybe, and that's why she's not been scoring as much as you know, obviously she was here before, not at us, but was scored quite a lot of goals. Down south she scored quite a lot of goals. So you kind of assumed that when she came to us where she'd get quite good service that she she'd be all right and she'd score a few, but she has scored a few, but maybe not as much as we'd like with Rio scoring and Jane scoring as many as they have been she really needs to kind of step it up but I find the ball gets stuck in her feet a lot and she can't quite get it out and it's almost the case that someone else has to come and get the ball off of her because she just can't quite get there and I don't know what that is whether it is a lack of confidence as Alan says or she's just not quite fully fit and then just never fully recovered from whatever the injury was that she had I don't know but it's bizarre because you'd think the amount of service that the midfielders and even, you know, our right back and left back. give the forwards that she'd, you know, have so many more goals, but she hasn't she hasn't got there yet. And maybe she'll come good second half of the season, but it's just a strange one.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. So anyway, we've, we've put it all quite long enough. So on Sunday past there, we had another wee trip to Peters Hill, which we always seem to struggle a bit at Peters Hill. I don't know whether it's because it's a small park or, or what it is, but... Um, it was a very uninspiring nil-nil draw against Partick Thistle. And for that game, we lined up with Jenna Fife in goal because Nick's still away doing an uh, Olympic bit with New Zealand. I believe they won earlier on today. I think I saw that on social media earlier. They <laughs> had a no? good winner. Good, good very Clean sheets. She can't argue with that. Uh, I hope she's available for Sunday. Hope they get knocked out so she can come back and play on Sunday. <laughs> but anyway, anyway Jen, Jenna in goal. Uh, in front of Jenna, we had Nick Doherty, Carp Hill, Madag. Uh, Rachel Rowe, Jane Ross, Mia McCauley, Lizzie Arnott, Sarah Ewan starting the game, Chelsea Cornett and Olivia McLaughlin. Alan, how were you? Uh, has Carr missed the first half of this live? Because I know she was working in fair, fair, fair play. That's devotion for you, folks. Carr finished work and hot-footed it to get herself for the second half of the game. Still resplendent in a uniform, the whole bit, straight in. That's devotion for you. So, Alan, what did you think of that when the, when the team came through?
2: Disappointed maybe not to see a couple of players return to the squad. Uh, we've obviously talked about some of the, the injuries and we would have liked to see at least one or two return. Michelle Coulson's disappeared off the face of the planet. We don't know what's up with her. We've talked about Kirsten McLean missing, but in terms of the starting lineup, pretty much as expected the we worry just before the game started is after a warm-up, Rachel Rowe left left the field with the physio and looked to be having some sort of issue. And then there was a delay in the teams coming out, or I should say, there was a delay in our team coming out at the start of the game. So we were wondering if maybe some plans were changing, but you know, I started started the game, and we we just we never really got
1: started. And Carl really yeah. didn't miss much in that first half. <laughs> no, she didn't. I mean, Carrie, yeah, that was that was a worry. I mean, we we you know, I mean one of the first things Laura said to you when you came in was that you know, Rachel went, went off it just before the game started with a visual and you know, um we wondered, but she managed to last ninety minutes, so it can't it can't have really been anything. I don't know, I don't know what it was. She didn't look as if she was walking freely as she went off, but she managed she managed to last the entire game. So um that's, that's that seems to be nothing that we're nothing to worry about. Here's what was nothing serious because we're going to need her on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, do one we are we are disappointing. Big time with the result against Thistle. Last few games we've been well below par. I say the last two games, don't you? Late game, you can't really lay lay that at. Um, but it could all disappear with a win against them. No harm done. Mm. We're never, We're never, gonna, we're never going to win every game. There's always going to be bumps in the road. That's just, that's just football. I mean. We always seem to struggle, as I say, a little bit at Peters Hill. Um, I don't know whether it's whether it's the ground or the fact that it's a small pitch. I don't really know what it is, but we always seem to struggle at Peters Hill. What I did notice, and you'll maybe, know, you'll maybe know the answer for this, that when we play Glasgow City, we come out in the dressing rooms as we're looking out on the right-hand side, but against Patrick Thistle, we come out of the dressing rooms on the left-hand side. Do you know? I take it, I take it Thistle's home dressing room is different from Glasgow City's home dressing room, or am I... Just surmising that, did they do it to noise us up? Would you know?
0: Well, I don't, because the last time we played Park Sessle at Peters Hill Park, we both came out of the one dressing, well, the, the one side. So I, I did find that bizarre. I, I watched that a bit on the TV, noticed that we came out late, wondered what was going on, and then realised that we are coming out the bottom end, which is strange. So maybe they there was two dressing rooms on that one side, and they said, you can't do that, you need to be in two separate vets or something maybe we are just trying to noise us up and get in our heads a little bit and maybe it worked i don't know but very strange i don't know Peter's house a weird one i don't know why they don't have ball people ball, ball boys ball girls that can get the ball so it's not rolling down the hill and flinging over the fence all the time which they enjoy to do to just get the ball out
1: of play so yeah or all going all or going, all going under the van that was for some reason, parked on, parked on the far side with his back door oh, yeah. open, I found that I found that quite bizarre. Uh, Alan, I know we, know we know the game finished nil nil, but I think we we got away with one when, um, when Thistle had a. It wasn't a good goal chopped off because the whistle had gone before the before the ball even reached the lassie that that, that put that put a great strike into the, into the corner. Um, any idea what the free kick was actually for?
2: I'd absolutely no idea at the time because I hadn't seen a foul. You know, I have no idea what the ref had blown for. Today, I've seen a few, the replay of it a few times on Twitter, and to say it's generous to give a foul for it would be underselling it. You know, the ref ref was abysmal for both teams. You know, ignore all the Twitter garbage about Rangers getting decisions and all that Mm -hmm. nonsense. You know, the ref was just abysmal. He gave a free kick for it. He kind of gave free kicks for that level of contact, you know. the game will be stopped more than it's actually going on. But the whistle clearly went before the ball was struck. Although, having watched the replay, I don't think that made any difference to where know we would have blocked it because it didn't look like the players had time to stop. So we definitely dodged a bullet there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean Carl, I don't know if it would have made any difference had they scored, would that have upped their game? Were we capable of up one game? I mean, or was it just one of those days, just a bad day at the office, put it down to... Put it down there, Not, never never doing particularly well at Peter so would we'll just move on.
0: I don't know, I think Parik, the way they set up, really did hinder us. So then we just fired long balls over the top, hoping they'd land on, you know, Sarah or you um, Rio's head. And it would work that way, like we kind of did in the Hearts game. But it just wasn't working, they were blocking everything and defending for their lives. So I think it's a mixture of the two, and we just seemed a bit off the boil that week. And I'm hoping that's just down to whatever going on they thought they could just stroll in and win and it'd be fine and obviously that's not the case and hopefully it's lit a fire under them now to you know they have to be perfect and play to their best ability every week I don't know it's just a bizarre game and I mean in my opinion it's not a foul they probably should have got the goal but I don't know if they would have then sat in more or if they'd kind of open up a little bit because maybe they want to go and get more and that would have helped us a little bit I don't know but the ref was shocking the whole game, and. The people on Twitter saying the brown envelopes are working and all this nonsense. If that's the case, we should have won the game. Why? Why would we pay a ref to get a nil-nil draw against Partick Thistle? Come on, nonsense!
1: Yeah, these conspiracy theorists are absolutely brilliant because if there's <laughs> conspiracies that way, there's got to be conspiracies the other way, and it just doesn't work like that. So, but Alan Scott says we need to. We know we need to kind of up our game, and improve. I mean, for me, the we we kept trying this long diagonal ball in behind the fullback, which just. It wasn't. It
2: just. It just didn't work. No, it, it really didn't work. Uh, anytime it did get past, you know, Partick were uh, very quick to get in recovery mode. But if you're playing against a low block and never taking shots outside the box, there's absolutely no encouragement for a defending team to step out and step on you because there's no threat in front of him. So they just sit them in a low block and can stay compact and not allow us any space in behind and for being so quick to get the ball forward we were very slow to move the ball when we were around the box and in the final third of the park so we were all crying out for players to shoot for distance but they're not getting out of their feet quick enough they're getting closed down before they can get a shot away so they just keep passing it wide and not taking shots so we know how to break down back defences and we just didn't do it very
1: well on Sunday. Yeah, Karen, I think um, moving on to this coming Sunday, I don't think we'll, I don't think the low block should particularly be a problem, because I think, particularly given the, the last couple of games we've had, the, the opponents on Saturday are, um, Sunday sorry, are going to come and have a right good go at us. Yeah, I mean, I'd be
0: very surprised if they parked the bus at Ibrox, of all places, to try and we would have enough space to be able to get in behind them anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference, but... I highly doubt that's going to happen. So it should give us the ability to then go and play football, go and play our game, rather than punting long balls up the park to basically nobody that would just get defended. So it gives me more hope that we'll be all right, especially considering it'll be in their heads that we've beaten them. Well, they've not beaten us all season. We've beaten them every game we played against them. So it gives me hope that way, that hopefully they'll come. You know, it's it's a big occasion being at Ibrox, which does give me the fear a little bit that we've moved it there and kind of made a spectacle of it rather than just having it at Broadwood where it was meant to be where the players know it it's fine but you know it could end up being one of the happiest days of the season if we beat them at Ibrox comfortably you know to go you know more clear because obviously we drop points but it just depends they're going to come out and play football we need to come out and play our football and we'll be fine.
1: Alan do you can that? do you think the big the big pitch at Ibrox is going to work in our favour? Because because they certainly wouldn't be able to play a low block. They, they'll lead to you know, we've got very quick wide players as we touched on earlier. You know, we've got we've got we've got Mia, we've got Jodie, we've got uh we've got Brogan, you know, Liz, Lizzie's maybe not got the pace anymore, but she still knows how to get down the line. You know, do you think that, that the fact that Ibrox is a nice, nice big playing surface is gonna to work to our advantage on Sunday? I certainly hope so, given given how
2: Direct. We like to be playing down the wings. we uh, give them a lot more space to work in. And we, games we've played against them, we like to time be compact and make make it difficult for us to get in behind. So, I'm I'm hoping that we use the big pitch to our advantage. But we we need to make sure we are absolutely switched on because they will score goals if we give given chances, and we can can't allow that, particularly when goals have maybe dried up a wee bit in no, the last week or so, we, we need to make sure we keep it tied
1: to the back. Yep, And Alan, is Brian saying he's heard the government front is now sold out. Now, whether it is or not, I know it was quite close to being sold out when I checked it earlier. Um, the crowd's going to be a, a massive incentive for the, for the girls on Sunday, the fact that there's going to be several thousand Rangers fans here cheering them on. Definitely. Right. Definitely.
2: It's, it's great to see the government front sold out. Oh, uh, you're going to sell the governor next, which generally speaking, I'd prefer that you'd move around to Copeland and get the front all sold out, but we have bar 72 open, it's natural, we're going to sell out in the governor first before wanting to move into any other stands
1: Yeah, it also helps because the TV cameras will be in the main stand, so that's, it looks better with uh, you know if you across the pictures, one whole one whole stand full of people. Um ah, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean I know you've got reservations about the game being at IBROX from the you know, the incentive for them to kind make us let us slip up, and if we slip up it's right back right back in it. But they're right back in it. But I mean, for the for the profile of the game, the fact that it's you know it's at IBROX is it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's we've got to hope that the game lives up lives up to the billing and the venue.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a good thing. A lot of the players are Rangers fans, so it's got to be massive massive for them to be able to play an old firm there. You know, potentially beat them to go a few clear and a, you know get rid of a title race, so to speak, going into the split. I think it, it is good. We want to be the forefront team as much as Glasgow City have been doing it for. You know last decade and a little bit more like we want to be the team that's pioneering that you know trying to do everything kind of first do it the best that we can so it is good that more games are being played there i would like it if they didn't clash with other games you know it's annoying that it clashes with the men's team playing in perth it's bizarre i understand they changed the time of it so the subway won't be shut because it's a sunday i i understand that i think that's the reasoning behind the time change because so it's meant to be 10 past four and now it's 10 past three so i assume that's why but it kind of almost eliminates a lot of the union bears won't be there for example because they'll be up in person i doubt they're going to be able to get back down in time to all get in and get set up and everything to be there to cheer the team on which is a bit frustrating when i'm sure they maybe want to be there because they like to be involved in these games at Ibrox, so it's kind of annoying that they've done that. But again, another fixture clash, just constant, isn't it?
1: You've got me, you're going to get me started because that's my <laughs> that's my biggest bugbear every week. Um, it is. I mean, I mean, okay. It, it also highlights a, a societal problem in Glasgow: the fact that the Glasgow subway shuts at six o'clock on a Sunday night. is it's, it's absolutely scandalous. I mean, for an international city that's supposed to attract people to come to it, you know what I mean? I mean you're, you're, they're looking for folk to have stagging head weekends here, for example, and on a Sunday night, which would be an integral part of those sort of celebrations. The some and the subway's no great, it all goes around in a circle. But well, it does it does the job it's there to do. Shutting at six o'clock. I mean, Alan, you've recently been to, been to Munich, there's their subway doesn't shut at six o'clock, for example. You know what I mean? It's just it's, no, it's, it's, it's night and day. You know, to what we it's, haven't gone it, it's bonkers. I mean, there is, you're right. There's, there's I know, I personally know at least a dozen folk that would go to the game on on, on uh, Sunday at Ibrox but can't go because they're in Perth, and i have got no chance of making it back because they go up and support those buses and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's make it the ten past four. Have a one doing us go underground. So look, there's going to be seven, eight thousand folk at Ibrox. You'll get, you'll get a turn. Keep the subway open till seven. What's it? What's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? Slightly transport to keep the subway open for another hour. You know what I mean? Not a lot really. You know, be I mean? a couple of members of staff. That's all they need. Even if they say it's open and it's only going back into town, you know I mean it's going to they, they, they close the stations as they normally would. And they keep two or three of them open. They'll keep Brunch Street open because there's a parking right there. And yep. maybe and they maybe may keep Buchanan Street open or St Enoch's open. That's it. it the rest be. of it. You know what I mean? It, it, is a, it is as it is, and that's it. People can work it out from there. But I mean, if that is the reason, that's very very that's very very disappointing. You know what I mean? It's. It is, it's, it's nuts and they'll just get me started again but I'm I'm going to go for it I'm going to try and make it I uh, had a trial run on Sunday on my way down to Peters Hill I left I timed, it, I timed it when I left Broxton in Perth it took me just about an hour to get to Peters Hill so I think I can probably just about do it if I get a flyer out it depends on the stoppage time at McDermott Park but I should hopefully be able to do it I might miss the first five or ten minutes but so I'm not hoping for an early goal on Sunday just in case yeah. You know, if it happens it happens so um before we get on to predictions for Sunday, Alan, the Scotland International Squad, as we touched on earlier, was um in fact before we get to that, Carl, we recalled Lucy Inman last week from her loan spell at I want to see Hamilton Akies, is that what she was? Queen's Park. Queen's Park, of course it was. I knew that, didn't write that down. Queen's Park. <laughs> um and this week we've called in Megan Cunningham from Thistle. I know she's at Thistle. Um, I'm assuming that you can only you can only have an emergency loan back for a week, otherwise I would imagine we would have kept Lucy, because obviously because Jenna's the only goalkeeper, given that Vic's out, out with the New Zealand national team, I'm assuming that the rule is you can only have an emergency loan player back for a week, otherwise why would we bother calling one back and then the other one back? And
0: they did announce that it was a seven-day emergency loan, so I don't know if you can get longer emergency loans because I've only ever seen a seven day emergency loan and we only did it a couple of times I think it was the Celtic game last season we did it with Megan because Victor was just back from international duty and was date lagged but I get the reasoning behind the order they've done it in I think there's more likelihood that if Jenna gets sent off or something happens to her before Sunday Megan probably is a better option than Lucy Inman no harm to her, she's a good goalie but Against it, like it's a bit hairy, you know. Having a kind of inexperienced keeper that you've put out on loan to Queens Park, for example, against them, you'd rather have somebody that's got some experience against them and still plays in the league against them with another SWPL team. So I get the idea behind it, but it is bizarre. I don't. <laughs> it's weird.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Alan, do you not know, think it's a bit a bit strange we left ourselves so like knowing, knowing that obviously, I mean. They must have known. They must have known New Zealand had Olympic qualifiers coming up, and Vic is New Zealand's number one choice goalkeeper, so she was always going to get the shout. So, did we leave ourselves a little bit short on that front, putting, you know, putting two goalkeepers out on one?
2: Possibly, but I don't. I don't think any of the clubs in the SWPL are really carrying three goalkeepers in their squad. The the squads are quite lean, you know, and and. Everybody's running quite quite late. Uh, I have seen that. If we didn't. Uh, if we wanted anybody back for more than seven days, we actually had to cancel the loan altogether. Right. So that, that's my understanding of the rule. If you can bring a player back temporarily, but any more than seven days, you have to cancel the loan.
1: I knew there was a reason we got you on here tonight.
2: <laughs> I can't confirm that. That, that. That's what I'm led to believe.
1: Oh. that's good enough for me no it's good enough yep. better than okay, I, I it's good enough for me all we'll, right we'll go with that that's gospel that's it that's written <laughs> so well that, that explains that so hopefully well hopefully hopefully we don't need Megan on Sunday uh, and then obviously after that it's an international break so um which is a bit bizarre that we've got a goalkeeper away on international duty just before the international break but I guess it's a different games calendar in it because it's it's a southern hemisphere and it's all that sort of stuff. So. Hopefully they do what they need to do, she gets to the Olympics and be kind of a Rangers representation at the Olympics, that would be quite nice. So international, talking about international football, uh, Car, Scotland squad announced today, now I'm not the biggest international fan in the world, I know you do follow it, and there's five of our players in the Scotland squad. Yep, as there should be, probably
0: should be a few more, <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But. It's nice to see Jane Ross in amongst it, got a fair few caps already, so it's nice that she's back from injury and she's, you know, feeling good enough to go out on uh, some pinotaur cup. I don't really understand what it is. I think it's a friendly cup thing. I don't think it's actually anything serious. You know, it's not qualification for anything or whatever, but it's nice to see that, you know, the the normal ones that are called up are there. And then, you know, a few additional ones I'd, I'd seen online, people concerned that Cathy hadn't been called up. I get that sentiment but also I'd rather she didn't because she's been tremendous for us and I don't want her getting another injury and then we're short at the back again so as much as she probably wants to get called up I think she'd prefer to do it in a a better setting where it's an official tournament rather than just some random friendly that she probably wouldn't even get game time at anyway so I'm appreciative of the players that did get called up, the usual ones and it's nice to have representation out there for Scotland and Northern Ireland and New Zealand and you know all the other nations that we've got players
1: out at yeah alan just to clarify who the usual ones are obviously jane ross's kind okay. dutchstone um brogan Hay, and uh, nick Doherty, obviously uh jenna fife and chelsea Cornett. that's our that's her five that will been called up to scotland uh mm-hmm. as i said earlier no, no sign of any which makes me think that she is going to be out probably till after the international break because if there was any prospect of her being fit to play this weekend, I think she'd have got a Scotland call-up because she's that, she's that good. Um, as, Carl, as Carl said, it would be nice if Cathy was there. But from a purely selfish point of view, if they're going to take her and not play her like they've done in the past, she as well, just staying here and be fit to play for us. Definitely.
2: I, I think Cathy more than merits a call-up. And if you look at makeup up in that squad and her teammates, Possibly going to play five at the back at times. There's only six defenders in it. So the balance of the squad, you know, there's far more midfielders in that than they need. You know, even taking any sort of bias towards Cathy out. You know, I think there should have been at least one more defender in that. And Kathy's in the form of life playing for a team at the top of the league. So very disappointed she's not been looked at. But it's brilliant for the, the ones who are in the squad. You know, Chelsea's getting recognition for a form that she's in. And Jane back scoring goals, and Brogan back and play, started the year
1: very well as well. Yeah, Carl, um, Paul's, Paul's comment there that um, that Laura Berry scored for the Scotland under whatever it was unders, under under nineteens, whatever it was last week um, against Sweden. She also scored on mon- uh, Monday on Sunday um, at the game. You and Alan were at so it was good to see uh, Laura Berry doing what Laura Berry does.
0: It's what she does best, isn't it? She just loves to score a goal. But she looks like she's improved a little bit. I mean, not that she wasn't good before, but she looks like staying on side, all that kind of stuff. She looks a bit better at that. And she does quite well for the Scotland under-17s. She's just been called up for the under-19s for their friendlies in Wales coming up. I don't know. Is that the same international break as the one coming up in the next few weeks, Alan? I think you know the answer to that.
2: No, I think it has, yeah.
0: Yeah. So she's I been. look to
2: the dates if we could possibly go down, but.
0: That's right. It's uh, under 19, so it's nice that, you know, they're getting. She played for them before, I think, but it's nice that some of our other players are have been called up for that as well. So they're getting more experience under different coaches, different systems, different setups. So, you know, we've obviously got a talented academy set up and first team squad. So it's nice that everybody's chipping in with their countries so that want to go and do so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I wish them all the best in on their. On their uh, International journey so obviously Megan Bell, who's currently alone at, uh, across in Edinburgh at Hearts. She got called up for Northern Ireland as well. I noticed that. So um, hopefully she can get a, a run in the Hearts team now. I mean, Alan, I know you do the, you do the loan bit for your, your other podcast, so you'll probably be more aware of, you know, how the loan players are getting on, certainly than I am. But uh, I mean, I know Megan was cup tied, and then obviously she couldn't play against us uh, in, in the week. So hopefully she'll start getting a bit more game time with Hearts, and that'll make her loan worthwhile. Definitely, uh, most
2: of the players who have been out in loan are in between as we do a uh, loan review every week. Most of them have been getting a good amount of game time. Probably some alert's the only one that's not a lot of game time. Although, with us give her credit, she was starting for Spartans and they won 6-0 at the weekend. So hopefully she's a lucky charm and she gets a lot more game time as the season goes on. But it's good to see that they're getting a chance and they're going out and impressing and... Megan will get a
1: chance to impress against the teams in the top six, so it will be a really good test for Megan. Yeah, well being like as I said, you obviously she can't play against us, so hopefully she can do hopefully she can do is a turn and turn it on against the uh, against Celtic and Glasgow City. Um I've got no problem. I've got no problem with my house taking points off of them if they, if they can. So just before we go, um prediction for you for, for Sunday, I'm not gonna ask the team lineup because it could be absolutely anything. <laughs> The only, the, only thing we, the only thing we know for certain is that Jenna's going to be in goal. The rest of it, who knows? So, score prediction for Sunday.
0: I think I said on our pod one nil, so I'll stick with that one nil. I think Jenna will keep a clean sheet at Ibrox, safe hands, and um, I think Rio will get the goal. I think she'll get back on form and score the winning goal.
2: Okay, Alan. I think oh, on Sunday I made the prediction a three-one, so I'll, I'll stick with that. First goal first scorer, scorer or go with Jane Ross. She knows how to score in the big games. She
1: does. Yeah, she does. I'm gonna go for a comfortable three left the Rangers and first goal scorer is going to be my new my new favourite player, Liv McLaughlin. Because I think Love's I think Liv's tremendous and she's I'd love to see her score the open goal against them. I'd love to see her score against them, but I'd love to see her score the open goal against them. So that would be that would be nice. So uh, folks, thanks very much for watching. Um if you can make it along on Sunday, I believe that Mr. House is going to be open yes. for game of St. Johnston against Rangers from Perth. Uh, follow, following that, there's going to be a I'm not it's not it's not a podcast I thing, I don't think it's like a it's Stevie from Four Lads Had a Dream and Mary McKenzie from the one of the supporters groups. I can't remember you, I'm not sure what they call themselves. Um <laughs> That's not being facetious. You don't know what their name, sure. what their name. I, I had to write years down to get it properly. <laughs> uh, and that's going to be on in Edmester House before the game. So the ideal situation, if you're going to the game at Ibrox, if, you, if you've got the time, is go along. Support support the club by giving some of your money over the bar in Edmester House. Buy yourself a coffee, whatever. What, um, watch watch the men's first team in Perth. Listen to what Stevie and Mary and whoever else have got with them have got to say for themselves. That'll be, that'll be quite good because Mary certainly knows her stuff. Uh, and Stevie's always a good listen. And then across to the game. And uh, Carl's dying to come in and say something. It's uh,
0: Dave Oh. I forgot oh David, Marshall, David Marshall David Marshall. Ma- David Marshall from for um. Uh, Hart-Han. Hart-Han.
1: He's there as well, yeah. of course he is. Yeah. yeah, I forgot he was going to be there as well. Yeah, of course. So and I mean David's a long, long time supporter of the um the women's game. So yeah. I mean, they certainly know that. I mean, see, I'm a wee bit disappointed that I can't come on and listen to that because obviously I'll be I'll be helpful footing it down from Perth. <laughs> um, honestly, officer, I won't be breaking the speed limit if there's <laughs> any cameras watching. on
0: that road. Just,
1: you can I, only as as far as Stirling <laughs> um, So so yeah. So if you can do that, if you can support, obviously, Emeston House and through that to the club, and then obviously you know watch Stevie, Mario and David do their stuff. Um, I'm sure, you'll see, see Karen there, Laurel, Laurel probably will be there as well. I'd imagine at some point, see what they've got to say. Alan will be kicking about. Um, if you go to the game, you might see me rushing in at the very last <laughs> minute. Um, but here's hoping we get a successful victory. We'll be back, I want to say next Monday, but I couldn't guarantee it. We'll be back early next week to talk about the game because we're not, we're not leaving the old fun game a week, unless it goes wrong, then I'm gonna hide. But we should be back next week. Um, so Carl, thanks very much for joining me on this Tuesday night. Alan, thanks, thanks a lot for stepping in at the last minute. Absolutely absolutely stellar performance from you as expected. So it's absolutely brilliant. We'll have you on again of that. You absolutely so no game. doubt. That's absolutely no doubt. Brian, you'll eat you up your game, Sandra, because your uh, your jacket's on a shaky, shaky peg. So <laughs> we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Here's hoping that it's a very nice, comfortable, old firm victory on Sunday. Ranger sitting twenty seven points clear at the top would be very, very nice. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.